If you have your Bibles, open them up to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, when uh, that word of prophecy came forth, boy, I just could about leaped out of my chair. You know what I'm saying? When the Holy Spirit speaks, it's powerful. Today, I, that word was ex- right on. Sister, you heard from the Holy Ghost, and I'm glad you were obedient to that because it just put the stamp of approval on what the Lord put upon my heart to share. Hallelujah. See, that's the importance about stepping out and being used by God. You know what I'm saying? When the Holy Ghost is prompting, prompting you to step out, be used by him. And this is what I want to talk to you today. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about discovering and stirring up your gifts and talents that God has given you. Uh, I call this message, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. And I want to show you how we are responsible to use those gifts that God has given us. Now, 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7, it says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, how many of you know the Word of God, it's the Word of God, right? Not the Word of man, it's the Word of God. So Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, told Timothy to stir up the gift of God that was in him. And then he goes on to say, you know, Timothy, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. He's talking, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit lives in you. Now, I want to point out that Paul was saying to Timothy and to us as Christians that we, if we don't stir up our gifts and our talents for the Lord on this earth, that we will not fulfill our divine call on this earth as Christians. If you don't stir up the gift, if you don't use, if you don't operate in the gifts that God has given you, you're not going to fulfill your God-given purpose on this earth. No wonder why we got so many miserable Christians running around this, this world. Amen? Because they're, they're lazy. They're sitting back doing nothing. But when they start operating in the gifts, when they start stirring up the gifts that God has given them, I'll tell you what, a peace and a joy just overtakes you. So let's carry on with this. Uh, you know, as I was thinking about this message, something the Lord, I, I pictured a bull, someone making a cake or cookies or something like that, and I pictured a bull, and I, you know, the mix being dumped in, eggs, water, and all of the other ingredients. And, and as I seen that, the Lord says, is that all there is to it? I said, no. He said, what do you have to do? I said, you got to stir it up. You got to mix it up. See? If you just left the ingredients in there like it is, that's not going to fulfill the purpose of what you're trying to do. You got to mix it up. You got to stir it up. And at that point, then all of the ingredients mixed together is going to fulfill that purpose in making the cake, making the cookies. So I found that interesting is is when the Holy Spirit showed me that. Uh, You know, for us to truly fulfill our God-given purpose on this earth, we have to stir up ourselves. We have to use those gifts and talents. It's interesting in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. You remember that? The parable of the talents? You know, God considers the gifts and the talents that he has given you and I as investments. Investments for his kingdom on this earth. 
Uh, and my question to you today would be, well, are you hiding your talent? You see, that one servant who hid his talent in that parable is called a wicked servant. Right? But the other ones invested, they operated in it, and they multiplied. They multiplied uh, the kingdom of God and what they were doing. So I'm asking you today, are you hiding your talent or are you investing in it? Remember, God looks at those things as investments. Not for you, but for his glory, for his kingdom. Amen? Uh, see, is there a way that we can make God rich? Well, what do you mean, Pastor James? He owns the cattle on a thousand, you know, on the hills, and then he owns everything. Well, yeah, but you know what? We can make God rich. How do you do that? By operating in the gifts and talents that you have. Why? Because he looks at those gifts and talents that he placed in you as an investment into his kingdom. Amen. So can we make God rich? You betcha. By using and operating in what he has given you. Amen? Interesting. Some of you probably never heard that before. Amen? Well, I'm not talking about financial. I'm talking about the promoting of his kingdom on this earth. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, you know, like I alluded to a minute ago, there are so many Christians who are wandering around aimlessly in life, and they don't have a clue of what they need to do. You know what I'm talking about? They get saved, and it's all fun and jolly, and, but then they're, they're miserable. They're sitting around doing other. They're like, their whole life, they're just sitting around, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Well, I'm going to give you some points on how you can know of what your gifts and talents are as I keep going. But many are just sitting back and waiting for Jesus to come back instead of laboring for God on this earth. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. You see, if our only purpose as Christians on this earth was to get saved, God would have just raptured each and every one of us right when we got saved. But the fact is, when you got saved, you're left on this earth. Why? Because now you have a divine purpose. You have a call. You have a mission. The Bible calls us ambassadors for Christ in 2 Corinthians 5.20. We're his representatives. And uh, so, you know, the fact is, we have a job to do right now, right here on this earth. And the word that was given today, the prophecy that came forth is from this verse right here. 1 Corinthians 3.6 says, I have planted, Apollos watered. But God gives the increase. In that one scripture right there, there is a truckload of information and revelation that we can grasp from that. I want you to notice something. That two-thirds of the responsibility in that verse, in that three-step process, the planting, watering, and God gives the increase, two-thirds of that process is our job as Christians. What, 67% is mankind's job, us as Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. God's not going to come down and plant the seed of the word. God's not going to come down and water it. It, it only says in that verse that God's going to give the increase. So us as Christians, we need to uh, give God something to work with. We as Christians, let me say that again now. We as Christians have to give God something to work with. If we're not out planting the seed, watering the seed, how do we do that? By using our gifts and talents. And uh, so your obedience in exercising your gifts and talents is what 
advances the kingdom of God on this earth. Because if we're not out doing our part, two-thirds, by the way, if we're not out planting and watering the seed, kingdom of God's not moving forward. So Christians who say, God doesn't need me. I, I'm just one person, little old me. What does he need me for? He's God. He can do whatever he wants, right? We plant, we water, God gives the increase. So, uh, I don't want to hear that excuse anymore that God doesn't need me. See, that's just a religious mindset that's totally unscriptural, as you can see. We got to plant it, we got to water it, and then let God do his work. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, so, this laziness that's going around the body of Christ has to stop. Because we are hindering the kingdom of God. We're hindering God's work on this earth. So he does need you. He does need me. All right? See, so many people think they don't want to say that thing. Oh, wait a minute. You're getting prideful now. No. God's looking for a partnership. Uh, in fact, 1 Corinthians 3.9 goes on to say that we are laborers together with God. Now, what does the word together mean? It means a partnership. Amen? It's a partnership. So, what we got is God invests things in you that he expects you to use for him so you can labor together with him. Amen? See, we can't do anything on our own. I love it about God. Everything that he expects us to do, everything that we are commanded to do, he empowers us to do it. It's called, he gives us the grace to do it, the gifts to do it. Amen? Amen. Now, you're going to have gifts and talents that I don't. I might have some that you don't. And I'm going to get into that in a moment here. Hallelujah. So, as a Christian today, I'm talking to Christians today, right now. You are either promoting the kingdom of God or you're hindering it. There's no in between. It's that simple. You're either promoting it or you're hindering the kingdom of God. And uh, now every, in, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12. I want to show you something here. 1 Corinthians 12. Every Christian, every believer in Jesus Christ on this earth makes up what the Bible calls the body of Christ. You understand that? The body of Christ. Many members, one body. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, look at verses uh, 14 through 21. I'm going to read. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were the hearing, where would the smelling be? But now, but now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleases him. And if they were all one member, where, were the, where would the body be? But now are they all, many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So uh, the, the body of Christ, every Christian on this earth makes up the one body of Christ. 
And the word says that, hey, some are the hands, some are the feet, some are the eyes. And notice that it says here in verse 18 that God has set the members in the body as it pleases him. The gifts and talents that you have today, the gifts and talents that I have today, God has placed us in the body for a purpose. And if we're not fulfilling that purpose, we're hindering it. Now, and as I was thinking about this, when we don't operate in our gifts and in our talents that the Lord has given to us, we are literally, think about this, crippling the body of Christ on this earth. Now, another thing that came to me as I was writing this, you know, when a person has a crippling disease, I don't know, MS, and whatever, a crippling disease, you know, their brain, their brain is sending the signal to a part of a body. But there's a short in the system. The signal doesn't make it. So what happens? There is an erratic movements or no movements. The brain has no control over the movements now. Are you following me? Now, uh, in a spiritual sense, God has given you giftings and talents to be used for him. And the Holy Spirit, if you're not using those, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you trying to prompt you, saying, come on, come on, operate in this, use this, go to this person, do this, operate in the gifts. But many times we ignore the signal and it cripples the body of Christ on this earth. And First uh, Corinthians 12, go to 23, verse, uh, 23 through 26. It says, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no, uh, have no need, but God has tempered the body together, uh, having given more abundant honor to that part which is lacked that there should be no schism or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Listen to this, verse 26. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. You see, the promoting of the gospel is a team effort. Uh, when I went down to Marine Corps Officer Candidate School, back in 97 in Virginia. Uh, when one person messed up, everyone paid for it. You understand what I'm saying? When you didn't pull your weight, everyone suffered for it. Well, this promoting of the gospel thing is a team effort. And if you're not pulling your weight, like I said, you're hindering the kingdom of God from moving forward. And it goes on to say that uh, in verse 22 through 23, that those parts that we think don't matter. Maybe you have a talent and you think in your mind, you know what? That, ha that absolutely is not going to have any impact for the kingdom of God. The Bible says that we bestow abundant honor upon that thing. You understand what I'm saying? It says in there what we think to be less honorable. Notice that it's human wisdom that thinks that. But God says, that thing you think is worthless, I bestow abundant honor upon that gift. Why? Because he's the one that invested it in you. Amen. Amen. I hope I'm opening your eyes to this this morning. 
You see, a lady who has the talent to knit, uh, who faithfully uses that gift to bless others, is just important as the Billy Grahams, the Benny Hands, and Joel Osteens who are preaching to millions of people on television every day. Why? Because that old grandma wasn't called to be on TV preaching the gospel. But she's operating in the gifts. She's operating in the talents that God has invested in her. And she's using it. And you know what? If she operates and she's using everything that God has given her, when she goes up on judgment day, she's going to hear, well done, good and th thou good and faithful servant. Amen? Amen? Just as well as the Billy Grahams, Benny Hinn's. Joel Osteen's, and all of those great men and women of God who are preaching the gospel. Amen? Now turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. We have to stir up the gift. We have to operate in it. Amen. Matthew 9, verses uh, 35 through 38, I'm going to read here. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says that we are laborers together with God. So right now, just erase it out of your memory bank. If you ever were taught, God doesn't need you. Because that's a lie. He does need you. He does need me. Or else he, can't, he doesn't have anything to increase. And it all goes back to that authority thing. Remember in the garden where he gave Adam authority over the things of the earth? God still hasn't rescinded that command he's still given authority to mankind on this earth and he's looking for a partnership so heaven and earth can be connected him through christians connected in fact it reminds me of the word supernatural he's the super we're the natural you need both you need both for the supernatural power of god to flow amen because he flows through you he flows through you if you're a Christian today. Now, Matthew 9, 35 through 38. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, or in the churches, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Listen, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest, or to our heavenly Father, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. First off, I want to point this out. Jesus said that we are to pray for laborers to be sent into the harvest. He's implying here, if we're not praying for laborers to be sent, they won't. There again, there's that connection, partnership. Jesus said, pray for laborers. Well, if it didn't matter about our prayers, why would he tell us to pray for them to be sent? He would just do it on his own. Is it God's will for people to be saved? Is it? Well, then why wouldn't he just send it? Because he is looking for a partnership. God limits himself according to us on this earth. We plant, we water God gives the increase. Now, also in this, it said that Jesus was moved with compassion. He said the laborers are few. It literally grieves the heart of God when there is a lack of people who are willing to labor with him on this earth. It literally grieves our heavenly father and Jesus 
and grieves the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It grieves God when there is a lack of Christians who are willing to step out and labor for him on this earth. Uh, we were having a conversation last night, Tom and Carol and Elizabeth and I, and I said, you know what? I said, and I mentioned this before in the services, I said, everything on this earth that happens is not necessarily the will of God. How many of you ever heard that? Well, if it just happens, well, praise God, it's the will of God. All right, well, if you believe that then, you believe the, the lady right now, somewhere on this earth, some lady is being raped. Is it the will of God for that lady to be raped? Right now, there's somewhere on this earth, there's a child being molested. Is it God's will then for a child to be molested? No. You see, if we don't do our part, evil will triumph. Everything that happens on this earth is not necessarily the will of God. So right now, there's people going to hell. Maybe because someone, some believer failed to, he ignored the prompting of the Holy Spirit to tell someone about Jesus. Now, is it God's will for that person to go to hell? No. But we're not doing our part. Amen? Everything that happens on this earth is not necessarily the will of God. Remember that. See, Jesus was moved when, with compassion because they're the multitudes who needed to be ministered to. And when we don't use our talents and our gifts for God, we are going to miss divine appointments in life. Let me say that again. When we don't step out and use the gifts that God has given us, we are going to miss divine appointments in our life. Proverbs 18, 16. It says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. There are people that you and I are meant to come in contact with. And maybe the only way we are ever going to get in contact with them and impact them with the gospel of Jesus Christ is through the operations of the gifts and talents that God placed in you. No wonder the Christians who aren't using their gifts are miserable. No wonder if you have a call to preach the gospel and you're not doing it, you're miserable. No wonder if you're called to sing and you're not doing it. No wonder you're miserable because you're called to operate in that gift because you are missing out on divine appointments. And maybe for our lack of using those investments, using those gifts, heaven forbid, maybe someone's in hell right now because we didn't operate in them. It's a sobering message, but it's true. It grieves the heart of God. When we don't flow in the power of the Holy Spirit and in our full potential as a child of God, like I said, that could mean another individual slipping into eternity without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. For eternity. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus it's about promoting the kingdom of God. It's selfishness that keeps us back and not operating in the gifts. Well, I don't want to do I want to do this. I want to forget about you. We're talking about eternal consequences here. And you one day are going to answer to one judge. You have an audience of one, and that's God. Amen.
It's not about you. It's not about me. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. First Timothy 4, verses 14 through 16. It says this, Neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given thee by the prophecy with the laying on of my hands of the presbytery. He, Paul is talking to Timothy, a young pastor. And evidently Paul laid his hands and, and set Timothy forth in the ministry, laid his hands on him, and a word of prophecy came forth. Now, we can apply this to our lives as Christians. This is not just a word to Timothy, right? The word of God applies to every Christian. Amen? There's principle here that we can take. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of, of the hands of the presbytery. 15. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that your profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save yourself and them that hear thee. Don't neglect the gifts and talents, the investments that God has placed in you. Notice here, it says, uh, uh, it says, take heed unto yourself, basically, and continue in them. It says, in doing so, you shall save yourself and those that hear you. He's telling, he's telling Timothy, he's saying, Timothy, if you don't stir up the gift... If you don't stir up the gift, if you don't go out and you don't operate in the gift, there's people who are going to be lost for eternity. See, we got to look at this from a spiritual standpoint. Amen? The spiritual consequences. Where is the remnant that's willing to die to themselves for the sake of others? Where are they? Obviously, there weren't that many back in Jesus' day because he was grieved. He said the laborers are few. And friends, I'll tell you right now, Jesus is saying the same thing today. The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Where is the remnant that's going to stand up and say, I'm going to fulfill the will of God. I'm going to pick up and take up the cross for Jesus Christ on this earth. Where are they? Where is the remnant? And some here. The Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart. You know who you are. He's calling you to step out. He's calling you to stir it up. It's been too long. You're looking like that bowl of ingredients of the cake and cookies. Everything just plopped. You need to stir it up and operate in those things for you to fulfill your God-given purpose. As I said, the purpose of those gifts is for the benefit of others and not for yourself. Amen. You see, there are sleeping giants in this place today, around the world, some that are listening to me on the radio broadcast right now, that there's sleeping giants. You know what your talents and gifts are, but you haven't been using them like you should. There's too many undercover Christians. They just come on Sunday, sit in, and they sneak back out. And you would never guess that the rest of the week that they're a Christian. Too many undercover Christians. Go in, stay, you know, hide and run back out of church. They're missing the point. The point is to get active and be a true ambassador, representative for the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. Can you say amen to that? Amen. 
You will not live a satisfied and fulfilling life until you flow in those gifts. I can promise you that. And I can say with full assurance, if you're one of those who aren't using it and you know you should, you're miserable. And you're constantly wondering, God, what's wrong with me? And you're trying to always cast out a devil of depression. No, he's saying, child, you're not operating in what I've invested in you. You're not fulfilling your part of the bargain. Until you do, you won't be satisfied. Amen? Acts 20.35. Acts 20.35. You know, Sunday is only one day. Last time I looked at the calendar, there's seven days. There's six other days. My question is, what are you doing for God on outside of these four walls? That's my question. Where there truly is darkness, where you can bring the light of the gospel to those who need it. It's not in this church. It's not in, the, in any church. The darkness is out there. But a lot of times we like to play church. Amen. We come in, raise our hands and praise the Lord, and then we go out and we don't do anything else for him the rest of the week. It's sad. It's sad, isn't it? He, he, he wants every part of you. He wants all of you, all of me. Acts 20, 35. It says, I have shown you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Here, it, he says, laboring, when you're laboring, you're supporting the weak. In other words, when you're truly a laborer for God, you're denying yourself. You're taking up the cross and you're supporting the weak. And it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why are those Christians so miserable who aren't operating in their gifts? Because all they want to do is receive. All they want to do is just receive. Jesus said it's more blessed to give. In other words, when you start to give out, it'll come back in. It's more blessed to give than to receive. If you're not giving of yourself, if you're not helping others, you're not fulfilling the divine mandate that God has for you. Amen? Now, maybe you don't know what your gifts are. And, you know, if you don't know what your gifts and talents are, what do you do then? What do you do? If you, if you really don't have a clue, you haven't really stepped out and done it. What you need to do is start doing what you know that every Christian is supposed to do on this earth. What do you mean? Well, how, are you witnessing to people during the week? Are you going out? Are you helping the poor? Are you doing these other things that the Word says that every Christian is supposed to do? As you do that, as you do what you're, you know you're supposed to do from the Word, in that process, your gifts and talents will be revealed. As you just step out, because listen to me, you can only turn a moving ship. Come on, now someone caught that over there. You can only turn a moving ship. Try moving a ship that's just standing still. You can't. Why? Because the rudder is only effective if it's moving. 
Amen. So my question today is to you, are you moving? Are you moving? See, God, rather you put your hand to something that you know you're supposed to do. And then as you get moving, then he can lead you in directions that maybe he's really calling you to focus on. You understand that? Put your hand to something. Amen. Now, how do you stir up your gifts? Maybe you know what they are. And you're saying, all right, stir up your gifts. Stir up the gift. What does that mean? Stir it up. First off, how do you stir up the gift? Well, in a, in a broad sense, it means operate in the gift. But to stir it up, first off, you have to have a desire to be used by God. That's my very first question to someone who says, well, how do I stir it up? I say, first off, do you even, right now, where you're at, do you even have a desire to be used by God? If they say no, I say, okay, well, you got to go get saved. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so if you have a desire, at least we have something to work with. We have a good starting point. Okay? First off, you must have a desire to be used by God. And if you don't have a desire to be used by God, I can say this. You're in a backslidden condition. If you don't have a desire as a Christian to be used by God, you're backslidden. And uh, because I tell my people this a lot, in the Christian life, there is no standing still. You're either moving forward or you're going back. There is absolutely no standing still in the Christian life. So, my, so if, you're, if you know you're not moving forward, you're backsliding. You're falling away. Amen. So, uh, so we need to have a desire to be used by God. Uh, in fact, interesting, about spiritual gifts. Do you, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, about spiritual gifts, the nine spiritual gifts, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, all this, it says to follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. It literally tells us if you, you want to operate in the spiritual gifts, number one, first off, there's got to be, be a desire to operate in them. And every person here that's operated in the gifts on Sunday, like Jan and Sharon and all these other people, you go talk to them, ask them, did they have a desire? Yes. That desire must be present if you want to operate in spiritual gifts. And the desire must be present if you want to be used by God at all. Amen. All right, so have that desire. Number two, how do you stir it up? Pray. You need to have an effective prayer life. Because as you do that, now I'm talking about when I say prayer, I'm talking about praying with your understanding and praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. Uh, I, I've noticed in my own personal walk that the more I pray and pray in tongues, I am more stirred up. I am more in tune spiritually with the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I'm used in a greater, greater way. You understand what I'm saying? So praying stirs it up, all right, because you have that connection now. Remember, supernatural, the super and the natural connecting. Now, uh, next, you need to spend time in the presence of God. You need to spend time in the presence of God. Now, what do I mean by that? Elizabeth and I. Uh, we'll, we will be in our living room, you know, and we'll, we'll dim the lights down, maybe even turn them off. We'll turn on a praise and worship CD, and we'll just walk around our house praying and praying in tongues and lifting our hands, and Lord, thank you, we're just worshiping him. I'll tell you what, that place gets so saturated with the presence of God, you can't even stand. 
that will stir you up. If you're not used to it, get over it. Do it. Amen? Come on. If you're going to be stuck in a religious root all your life, religious rut, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to have to do some things you haven't done before. And maybe this is something you've, you're hearing that you never heard before. Don't think that you're a doctorate just because you're 50, 40, 50, whatever years old. Because your maturity, spiritual, I've mentioned this a couple weeks ago, spiritual maturity is not based on your age. Spiritual maturity is not based on how long you've been a Christian. Spiritual maturity is not even based on your knowledge of the word. Spiritual maturity is measured by you putting the word into action in your life. Being a doer of the word. Because there's so many people out there have tons of knowledge, have doctorate degrees and all that, but they're still walking around with a diaper. Spiritual maturity is measured by how, you, how much you put the word of God into action in your life. Next, how do you stir up the gift of God? Meditate on the word of God. Now, don't, put it, don't, don't be going like this when I say the word meditate. There's a, there's a, meditation is from the, from the Lord. The word of God talks about meditating on the word. What's the difference between New Age meditation and biblical? New Age meditation is called transcendental meditation. They tell you to empty your mind and speak a mantra. The word of God says, fill yourself with the word and speak the word. So New Age says, empty yourself. Guess, what you're, guess who's going to come in if you're emptying yourself? You got it, the enemy. So we need to meditate on the word of God. Think on the word of God constantly. Just let scriptures run through your mind and speak the word of God. You know, speaking the word of God is powerful. You're releasing the power of God. Why? Because it's not your word, it's the word of God. Amen? It's anointed. It's anointed. Uh, so having a desire for uh, praying, spending time in the presence of God, meditating on the word of God, doing these things will cause you to be more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it will stir up, it'll quicken the gifts that God has placed in you. And you, when you take your last breath on this earth, you will be able to say, just as Paul did, that I have finished my course. I have fought the good fight of faith. And when you stand up in front of the Lord Jesus Christ one day, you will too hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let's stand this morning. Stir it up. Stir it up this morning. It's been dead for too long. It's been stale, hasn't it? Yeah, it takes about getting into the presence of God. Stir it up. <laughs> Is there even a desire in you anymore? Have you fallen that far back to where you don't even have a desire? You, do, you did what Revelation 2 says. You've fallen away from your first love, the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like the message I preached last week, inspired by revelation. You need to refresh that revelation that first brought you to Jesus. Remember when you were first born again, you were on fire for the Lord. He was the center of your life. Then things come in, and it's pulled you away. But I believe the Lord's saying today, you need to, rekindle that flame 
You need to rekindle it this morning. Now, there might be someone in this place that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to come down to this altar over here to my left, your right. And I want to pray with you privately over here to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Don't leave this earth without making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. It's an eternity where the Bible says there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Number two, maybe there's someone in here who you know you're backslidden. You know you've lost your first love. And today you want to rededicate your life. You don't want a second chance, but you know what God offers? A new beginning today. A new beginning today. If you want to rededicate your life, I want you to come down over here to your right, my left. If there's someone in here who has never received the Holy Spirit baptism, Paul asked some disciples in Acts 19, way after Jesus, way after Jesus ascended into heaven, he asked disciples, believers, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Evidently, they didn't receive everything that God has for them just by making Jesus Lord and Savior of their life. The Holy Spirit baptism is a second experience. If you want to receive power to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come down to this altar. If you need prayer for healing, prayer for a miracle in your life, uh, you just need agreement, you're having a tough time, I want you to come down. Now, For those of you who are committed to stir yourself up, for those of you who've been dead spiritually for so long, sitting on the investment, not getting any interest on God's investment for his kingdom, if you're committed to stand up today, come down and stir it up, I want you to come down to this altar and I want you to seek God for yourself this morning and I want you to commit to him right now. Come on down.
got to be more than two people who want to stir themselves up this morning. Only two people are going to commit themselves to the Lord's work? Come on. Step out. Step out. Don't be embarrassed. Who cares what people think around you? Come on. Stir yourself up this morning. Hallelujah. There's an anointing up here I, I thought there was going to be this morning. I was waiting for the release of the Holy Spirit. If you come, I want to come up here and get prayed. There's going to be an impartation of spiritual gifts this morning. I was just waiting for that release from the Holy Spirit.
your hands to the Lord. Just worship Him. Thank you, Lord. There's divine appointments that are going to be coming to pass in you, your life. Divine appointments. Don't let them pass you by. People's eternity is in the balance. saying there's going to be an outpouring in this area like never before. And he's going to use you. He's going to use you. Are you willing to be used by the master? How hungry are you for this outpouring? Is that desire even there? To see the Holy Ghost move in extravagant ways in this place, in this area. Yeah. 
heart's being pricked right now. Answer the call. Answer the prompting of the Holy Spirit. people here are answering the call. Hallelujah. The whole, the Spirit of God is flowing in this place. Hallelujah. Are you going to jump in the river or are you just going to watch it? <laughs> Says the Lord. Are you going to jump in with both feet or just one? Are you thirsty today? If you're thirsty, the Spirit of God says, come. I will fill you to overflowing, saith the Lord. Woo, stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. And you will see great and mighty things when my people step out in faith. When they step out of the boat, they put their foot on the water just as Peter did. But don't take your eyes off of me, saith the Lord. Peter took his eyes off of me. You stay focused on me. And you will see exploits on this earth. Exploits. Things will happen in your life that you never thought possible. Where's your heart today, saith the Lord? Where's your heart today, saith the Lord? I'm calling each and every person in this place to examine your life. Examine your heart. There must be more than this. If you want a refreshing, I'm willing to give it, saith the Lord. But you must take that step. You need to jump into the river. There must be more 
it's up to you. It's up to you, saith the Lord. It's up to you, not me. My provision's there. My provision's there. But are you going to jump into it? Are you going to tap into it? Are you going to promote my kingdom on this earth? Thank you, Father, for what you've done today. Thank you, Lord, for the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Don't feel a... There's wonderful things happening. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is in this place. Rekindle that flame, rekindle that fire. Hallelujah. Rekindle it. If you're backslidden, there's still a flame in there. There's still a, a little fire. You gotta fan that flame. Fan it. Fan that flame. liberty oh it's liberty liberty liberating when the holy spirit's in the house oh hallelujah father thank you for your manifested presence thank you for repentance that's happening right now in people's lives thank you for that stirring oh thank you for the gifts thank you for the investments thank him thank him for what he has given you thank him for the gifts if you've ever spoken against the gifts that he's put in you, confess it as sin. Say, Father, forgive me for speaking against what you have given me. Because I know it's from you. Hallelujah. There's power in repentance. There's power when you make things right with God. There is power in that. Woo, hallelujah. Someone calling me? I heard someone calling me. Yeah, hold that. That just comes into my arms and fully relies on me. Yeah. Don't do it on your own strength. This baby gets fed by her mother. I'm your father. Let me feed you. Thank you, Come as a little child, as a little child, into the arms of our loving Father, who's ready to heal you physically, emotionally, every area of your life. You've been hurt by someone, 
He can heal you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Let your word burn in our hearts. Let your word burn in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wow. I'm just totally in the spirit up here this morning right now. I hope you all seen the seriousness of this message. That if we don't do something, God's kingdom won't be promoted. It's time to take our eyes off of us and put them on the master. Put them on those people that Jesus was moved with compassion for. Amen? How do you dismiss a thing like this? I don't know, but I'm going to. <laughs> you guys have a blessed week. Come on back on Wednesday at 7 for the video series. Come on back on Sunday. We'll have a party for Jesus again. Amen? Amen. Have a blessed week.